Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell Pod, your friendly neighborhood, non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I am your hostess. My name is Haley. And in honor of the PWHL's inaugural week, this one's for the girls. Uh, Besides a little bit of World Juniors and NHL news, we are chatting all things women hockey and women in sports this week. Um, Let's just go ahead and start with our other news, starting with the World Juniors. Um, The medal-winning games were all very exciting and very high-energy. The bronze medal game saw Czechia taking on Finland, with Czechia overcoming a 5-2 deficit and scoring five goals in the third period to win the bronze with a final score of 8-5. Absolutely mind-blowing. The Czechs broke two records in the third period by scoring four goals in a span of 50 seconds, and then scoring two goals in just two seconds. Both of them were empty netters, and that stat honestly sounds fake. Like, two goals in two seconds. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Tamash Hamara scored the game winner, and then the two empty netters really just sealed the deal for the Czechs. It was an explosively offensive game, and there was just so much talent on the ice between those two teams. The United States and Sweden faced off on Sweden's home ice for the gold medal game. The U.S. dominated the ice to take a 6-2 victory over Sweden, which is the team's sixth gold medal overall. The United States finished the tournament with a perfect 7-0 record across all of their games, proving themselves to be possibly one of the greatest American teams of all time. Sweden tied the game early in the second period, but it was basically all USA from there. Um, Ryan Leonard more or less sealed the victory with less than four minutes to go, and Rutger McGrory capped off the win with an empty netter. It was a dominant show of both offense and defense from Team USA, and the World Juniors just overall proves that the future of this league is insanely bright, and it is so exciting to see prospects out there on the ice making huge moves. I know there were a handful of Ducks and Caps prospects on the ice, and um, Ryan Leonard being one of them for the Caps, uh, just... It's so, so fun to watch, and the games are always so exciting. And then, you know, kind of seeing how Team USA celebrated their big victory afterwards, seeing their excitement and their chanting and singing, and um, it was it's so much fun. Like, it's so, so much fun to see these young guys being so excited and just being so phenomenal and so skillful. And Rucker McGrady was cracking me up and being such a pest by antagonizing the Swedish fans. Like, I was like, oh, okay, you you know what you're doing. Like, you already know how to be an NHL player. Um, it was giving me very, like, Matthew Kachuk vibes, I feel like. Um, so it's just, it's so fun. Like, the World Juniors are always so fun. Um, so congrats to everybody involved. Uh, the 2026 World Juniors is going to be taking place in St. Paul and Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one in a few years here. The Winter Classic also happened this week. And as expected, we had some very iconic entrance fits. Um, Seattle paid homage to their hometown history and culture showing up in full fishing gear, including waders and beanies. 
Um, and then they had fishmongers toss fish across their path as they entered the ice, effectively creating kind of a fish tunnel of sorts. Um, I'm honestly impressed that no one got a fish to the head. Um, it's honestly really coordinated. I don't know if they had actual fishmongers throwing the fish or if it was some kind of performers. I'm honestly not sure. But it made for a fun and unique entrance. And then, um, you know, there was all of the fire and special effects. And there was that one really iconic picture and the player whose name I can't place right now was entering with the fire on either side of him. And it was really, really cool. Like, I was very impressed with how well the city of Seattle did with this uh, Winter Classic. And then Las Vegas went full Las Vegas um, by appearing in head-to-toe Elvis impersonation gear, except for William Carlson, because apparently he's too good for wigs. He was the only one donning his natural hair rather than the signature Elvis slicked back style. Um, And the entrances and outfits were way more exciting than the actual play. A boring winter classic? Who would have thought? I mean, those are always such exciting games. Um, (laughs) They're never fun. But uh, the Kraken goalie, uh, Joey Decord or Dackard, I honestly don't know how to say it and I should, but you know who I'm talking about. And I picked him up in fantasy before this game, so thank you, Joey. Um, he recorded the first Winter Classic shutout as the Kraken won 3 to nothing. He's kind of newer on the Kraken, kind of been called up from the AHL and getting more and more starts. And um, Kid is good. Like, he's really, really phenomenal. And he was definitely a good fantasy pickup, too. There are also, like, a million and one players injured right now. I think I saw that the total was close to 150, which is absolutely insane. I don't know what's happening. I think genuinely this league is just getting old. Like, (laughs) I think it's time to start bringing up some AHL players or some kids from college or something. I don't know. Like, there are just too many injuries happening. Um, 11 of those injuries are New Jersey Devils and big names too. So... I'm so sorry, Devils fans. Like, it's got to be rough out there right now. Um, That's rough. Like, 11, that's a third of your team is injured right now. I can't imagine that. Um, Connor Bedard was also placed on IR due to a fractured jaw, making both the numbers one and two draft picks out long-term right now. So watch out Adam Fantilli because Dr. Doom is coming for you next. Um, All jokes aside, let's hope he stays healthy. But yeah, it just seems to be injury after injury after injury. I just feel like every time I get on Twitter, my timeline is freaking out about some big player being injured. Um, Yeah, it's not looking good. But hopefully, you know, in a couple weeks, Maybe February, March, we'll have a lot of the league back and the Devils will have a lot of their team back. And yeah, Uh, just wishing everybody the best. Good recovery, good rest. And yeah, let's get this league healthy again. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the girlies. The PWHL absolutely exploded this week right out of the gate. Ottawa and Montreal saw a record-breaking crowd at Ottawa's home opener, 
with 8,318 fans attending, which was the highest attendance for a professional women's hockey game ever. And 2.9 million households tuned in across Canadian TV networks between pregame coverage and the game itself as New York faced Toronto on New Year's Day. And the peak viewership was during the first period with just over a million households tuned in, which means a million Canadians watched professional women's hockey, which is absolutely incredible. And with all of the games being streamed on YouTube, coverage is quite literally international. Anyone with unrestricted internet access in any country can watch these games. So viewership had to have easily been over 3 million. Um, The official numbers have not come out as far as I could find, but that's millions of people watching women's hockey. And this was all before we even knew whether the league was going to be exciting or how it was going to be played, what the pace of play was. And of course it was exciting and it was a good pace of play. Um, That's just mind-blowing to me to go from two leagues folding to creating this new league to having multiple millions of viewers on its opening day all within less than a year is just insane. And it's so inspiring. Um, And then Minnesota and Montreal broke the league's previous attendance record by recording a total of 13,316 fans at Excel Energy Arena. Wow, you guys. 13,000 people went to watch a women's hockey game. Like, multiple games this week were sold out or very close to sellouts. And the new attendance record was broken. The, you know, the PWHL broke the women's hockey attendance record, and then broke their own record. Like, this league has just absolutely exploded. That's the only word I can think of to describe it. Like, it's so exciting to see. So our final scores this week were as follows. New York for Toronto, nothing. Uh, Montreal beat Ottawa in overtime, 3-2. to two. Minnesota beat Boston 3-2 as well. Toronto beat New York 3-2. That seems to be the popular score this week. And Minnesota shut out Montreal 3-0. And of course, with the inaugural games being played, we had a lot of firsts going on. Ella Shelton of New York scored the first PWHL goal to help New York take their 4-0 lead over Toronto. The first PWHL penalty went to Toronto's Rebecca Leslie, who had a two-minute minor for slashing. The first-ever draft pick, Taylor Heisey, scored Minnesota's first goal, and it was the first league goal scored on American ice. So that was a lots of firsts for Taylor Heisey. She's absolutely phenomenal, and she's so much fun to watch. Um, I'm going to talk about two more firsts in my three stars segment, so stay tuned there. I honestly really, really like the scoring system that the PWHL has adopted. It's kind of a 3-2-1 scoring system. So you get three points for a regulation win, 
two points for an overtime win and one point for an overtime loss. Um, I think that this is super smart and creates more opportunities for points being earned by merit and kind of the way that you play. It feels like an overtime win is more rewarded than it is in the NHL, which I kind of feel that that's how it should be. Um, I, I mean, personally, I feel like a team should not get the same amount of points for a win as they do for a loss. Um, I feel like whether or not you make it to overtime, you should be more rewarded if you get a win. Um, so I do really like this system that the PWHL has adopted, and I'll be kind of interested to see how that plays out when it comes to playoffs and, um, you know, deciding factors at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I really like this 3-2-1, and it makes it really easy to understand for newer fans or, you know, just scoring in general, keeping track of your um, favorite team's score you can just really easily look at their wins and losses and yeah I like it a lot I think that was a really really smart move by the PWHL so overall I mean things are looking very bright there and I cannot wait to see this league continue to grow and progress um and just I I just cannot get over the fact that it's streamed on YouTube because like, that literally just makes it so accessible. And they keep the replays up as well. So if you wanted to go back and watch one of the games or if you wanted to kind of scrub through and catch some of the highlights, see some of the different players and things like that, they make it really, really easy to do that. Um, and then also on the PWHL's website, they have what they call their pregame primers um, where they post the article um, kind of previewing the game and the players and um, things like that going into each game. And then obviously they post a recap after each game as well, which makes it really, really easy to keep up with. Um, you can also add the team's schedule to your Apple calendar. You can probably do it on Android devices too. Um, but I know just like you can with NHL teams, you can just add those right in, sync them up with your calendar on your phone and get reminded about them. So I just feel like they're doing such a good job with marketing the league, making it accessible, getting the word out there. I mean, like, I'm just really, really impressed with how they're doing. And I think it shows. I think those numbers really prove that their efforts are solid efforts and phenomenal efforts. Um, and I just think we'll continue to watch this game and this league grow. And I hope that in, you know, a year or two, um, it'll get to expand into more cities as their popularity grows and their funding grows and their advertisers grow. Um, Tim Hortons just jumped on as an official sponsor of the league, which is huge. That means a ton of advertising and a ton of funding is about to come in. And like, there's just, it's nothing but good things happening. And the play is exciting. It's fast paced. There are absolutely phenomenal women on these teams. And 
yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really excited about it. And I hope in the next expansion that we get a PWHL SoCal team because I would love to go to one of these games and be part of those record-breaking crowds. And it's just been so sweet this week seeing all of the pictures come out of all of the little girls with their signs and meeting their favorite players. And it's so great to see women having such a voice and such a presence in the sports world and in the hockey world. And with there being other sports that have had very successful professional women's leagues for years, like the WNBA, I think there's a lot of hope there. And I think as long as this league can keep its footing and can continue to work in their efforts to make it accessible and fun and exciting and marketable, then I think it's going to do really, really well. And maybe this one will actually stick because that's really been a problem with women's hockey leagues. They just, they've tried and tried and tried and they just haven't stuck due to lack of funding or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, So I hope that this one doesn't fold and continues to thrive and grow in the way that it's already done in just its first week. More girlies playing hockey. The IIHF Women's World Juniors is going on this week. Uh, Team USA has already set a record by scoring five goals in just four minutes and two seconds, which is now the fastest time in tournament history. The record was previously held by Sweden since 2009. So they broke a really long running record, which had to have been so exciting. And what dominant offensive power that is. Five goals in four minutes is not an easy task. So that was super, super cool. And then Team Canada also set a new record for the most shorthanded goals in a single tournament game. And both of those goals were scored by the same player, Abby Stonehouse. So not only did Abby Stonehouse score one shorthanded goal, she scored two shorthanded goals in the same game, which is absolutely insane. If any player anywhere did that, people would be freaking out about it as they should be. But because it's women's juniors, nobody had even heard of it. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was really, really cool. And that has to be the biggest confidence and morale booster. Like that's insane. So she helped lead team Canada to set this new record. And obviously it's a record for her as well. That's so cool. Um, teams Canada and Finland are dominant so far with six points overall and USA and Sweden each have three. I'll keep you guys updated as the tournament progresses. Um, It's really exciting, and I wish people got as excited about it as they do about the Men's World Juniors, um, because, wow, it surprises me how excited people get about the Men's World Juniors. Um, This is the first year that I've really, like, super paid attention to it, Um, and oh my goodness, you guys get serious about this, like the amount of 
tweeting about it that I've seen and posts about it and freaking out about it. And it was just, it was honestly so surprising to me. Um, So I think we just need to take that same energy and apply it to the Women's World Juniors because they're just as exciting. And you guys with the PWHL being such a strong presence already, these are some of the women that could easily be playing in the league in another two, three years. So let's get excited about it. And I'm going to keep you guys updated on it for sure. Okay, we're going to do something a little bit different for hockey history this week. Instead of talking about a specific date in history, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the history of women's hockey in general. So this is really going to be a 30,000 foot view of the game rather than going into every single detail and going into great depth about it, um, just to make it a little bit quicker and easier to digest because I read uh, multiple articles looking into this um, and there's a lot to it. It's a lot more complex and goes back much farther than I ever would have thought. Um, Going into it, I was thinking probably, you know, mid to late 1900s was when it would have started. And, um, but that's not it at all. Um, the earliest references we have of women playing the sport are in photographs from the 1880s. Both men and women took the ice at parties hosted by none other than Lord and Lady Stanley. And the ladies were in their full 1800s dress in their, you know, big full-length dresses and skirts and hair all done up. Um, I can't imagine trying to play in something like that, but these uh, skating parties were quite popular. Um, And then the first organized all-female game occurred in 1889. Um, It was two royal teams, um, and one of the teams featured Lord Stanley's daughter, Isabel. And Isabel was the namesake for the... um, PHF's um, Championship Cup, the Isabel Cup. That was one of the leagues that folded and has now become the PWHL. Women's varsity hockey um, at the collegiate level was fairly popular among fans in the early 1900s until World War II happened, um, but it was not well received by the general public at all. It was like the people that loved it, loved it, and everybody else hated it. Um, Queen's University aptly named themselves the Love Me Littles due to their complete lack of support from the community. Um, The media really trashed these women, um, called them all kinds of names, called them, you know, unladylike, unfeminine, calling them flat-chested. Yes, a media outlet called um, female hockey players flat-chested simply because they put on skates and push around a puck. Um, It's just, it's so silly to me. You know, it's like we look back and we kind of laugh at things like that, but unfortunately some things haven't changed quite as much as we would hope they would have. Um, The post-World War II period really saw a deficit in women's hockey. Um, Pretty much a complete loss. Um, The 
40s and that kind of World War II period really didn't see a lot of hockey in general, mainly because a lot of NHL players were sent off to the war because they were healthy young men. Um, So the league kind of had this collapse a little bit. And when there's not men's hockey, there's probably not really going to be women's hockey. Um, But even as the NHL regained popularity and coverage in the 1950s after the war and funding started coming back in and players started being able to play again, there really wasn't women's hockey coming back, um, mostly due to the focus on women being in the home and, um, you know, returning home after working outside the home during the war. It just wasn't seen as something that was necessary or ladylike or whatever other excuses people came up with. Um, But then with the 1970s came a huge wave of feminism, and with it, there was a resurgence of women taking the ice. The Ontario Women's Hockey Association was created in 1975 and dedicated itself completely to growing the women's game. Um, 1987 saw the first international women's competition put on by the Ontario Women's Hockey Association, and the first true IIHF Women's Worlds took place in 1990. The 90s and 2000s saw a huge uptick in women's hockey competitions and popularity, and women were inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame for the first time in 2010, which I'm honestly surprised that it took that long to get women into the Hockey Hall of Fame, um, considering hockey has been played by women since the 1880s. Like, that's a long time, you guys. Um, Now every year they induct multiple women into the Hockey Hall of Fame, which is phenomenal and how it should be. Um, And then, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. And I believe that we are experiencing a huge part of that history as the PWHL embarks on its inaugural season. Um, So that was just a little, very, very brief overview of women's hockey. I thought it was so interesting when I was researching it. Um, And I just thought that was really cool. And I figured I would share it with you guys since we're all about women's hockey this week. Um, Okay. Let's move on to my final segment, the three stars. And before I do, if you're still with me, I'm going to do my little plugs here. Please follow me everywhere at What the Chell Pod. And please subscribe to What the Chell on whatever podcast app you listen on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, wherever you are. And please leave a rating or a review as well if you like What the Chell. Give me five stars, thumbs up, write a comment, whatever your app allows you to do. That really gets What the Chell out to lots more people. It boosts me in the algorithm and gets my name out there. So there's my little plug of the week. Okay, three stars. My third star of the week is Corinne Schroeder of PWHL New York, who made 29 saves in the league's inaugural game to record the first shutout in league history. New York beat Toronto 4 to nothing, as I had said earlier. Schroeder previously played for the PHF's Boston Pride and was named the PHF Goalie of the Year for the 2022-2023 season. She recorded 19 wins, 7 shutouts, and 761 saves with Boston for a season save percentage of .955. Holy cow, that's 
absolutely insane. So she's going to be so much fun to watch for New York. And that was very clearly a huge pickup for them. My number two star is deviating from the theme of women's hockey here to say his name. (laughs) If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'll explain it after I give my reasons for making Lukashto Stahl the number two star. He made an incredible record-breaking 55 saves as the Ducks faced Toronto. Unfortunately, the Ducks fell 2-1 to in overtime to the Leafs, but Dosti's performance was absolutely astonishing, and he continues to prove himself as an elite goaltender. And the reason I said that I am saying his name is because a Toronto media outlet, I think it was the Toronto Sun, don't quote me on it, Um, wrote about the game and made the headline something about Toronto being um, bested by a no-name goalie. This man has been part of our goalie tandem for two seasons now. Um, He's been called up from the AHL multiple times, has made many, many, many starts, and clearly is absolutely phenomenal and elite when it comes to goaltending. So yeah, not using his name was very disrespectful, and Ducks fans went a little crazy about it, um, and I thought it was kind of iconic. My girl Sab wore a shirt to the next game that she went to that said, um, his name is Lukash Dostal, and I thought that was just queen behavior. Um, <laughs> yeah, so saying his name, Lukash Dostal, is my number two star of the week. And finally, my number one star is Grace Zumwinkle, who was that girl as Minnesota faced Montreal, scoring a natural hat trick and the game's only goals, helping Minnesota get the 3-0 shutout. Minnesota is dominant in the PWHL so far, going two for two. Um, Zumwinkle leads the league with four points overall as well. She has previously played with the Minnesota Golden Gophers and Team USA in the 2022 Winter Olympics. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed my little quick women's history, PWHL, women's hockey, all things women in sports focused episode. And like I said, as always, follow me at What the Chell Pod, subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Stay tuned with the PWHL. Follow them everywhere on social media as well. Subscribe to their YouTube channel so that you can watch some of those games and get those highlights. And yeah, that's about all I have for you guys this week. I have an interview coming at you next week, so I will talk at you then. I hope you have a great week. I love you. Bye.